Welcome into a text film, everybody. This is your host, Trey. And your host, Eddie. And guys, um, we're doing something, you know, I'm really looking forward to this episode. We're, we're not, we are actually giving a review. Yeah. Which Eddie, you know, watched the movie today. He's I giving us a little, the theater. He did, he did. For Jessica Roth. But this one's going to be a really good one, guys. Something we've been looking forward to because we are giving our dishonorable 10 and our honorable 10 of the year. Of a crazy year. So basically, me and Trey, you know, we watch a bunch of movies each year. So, of course, naturally, we're going to have our, you know, worst of the year and our 13 best of the year. Right. Well, these are the ones that quite didn't make the cut, but... Yeah. The dishonorable or bad enough where we're like, you might want to go into this with some hesitation. Yeah. Or the honorable mention or good enough where we're like, you know, this was a good motion picture. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm really excited, buddy, but uh, should I should I start off? Should you start off? You know what, Trey? Let's go ahead. Let's get some brews going. Let's deck mm. the halls. And how about you start with your list? So, you know, I feel like we should start with, uh, you know... The dishonorables work our way up, you know. I like that idea. <laughs> so, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. This, me and Eddie, we always kind of like to, you know, do a top thirteen. We do that every year. But this is my first year doing a honorable and dishonorable list. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said, you know, when we've done our top thirteen, I've been like, okay, this is a, um, this is my you know, on a couple honorable mentions, but I've never done a full list. That's true. So I'm excited. So And quick side note, if you hear a sound that sounds like a monkey, that is Trey's son Waylon. <laughs> he's a little Aussie doodle, so it's not actually a monkey, just he, so you know. You know, he he's uh, he gets stage fright. He's a little know? reviewing dog. That's right. He's ready to he's ready to intervene. <laughs> but um but anyway guys, without further ado my dishonorable mention. I'm excited. I, you know what? You should be, buddy. You should be. So, interesting enough, it works, you know, a little differently. So, our number one for dishonorable mention will be the worst of the dishonorable mentions. Yeah. So basically, think of it like when we listen to next week's episode, which mm-hmm. is worst of the year, mm-hmm. and then our last episode of the year, which is best of the year. Think mm-hmm. of these as like. You could attach it and start out at this number and work your way all the way yeah. down to, you know, worst and best. Yeah. So I'm going to save my worst dishonorable mention yeah. for number one. But at number 10, and I started thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Spencer's actually going to be surprised by this one. But I thought about it after you said it. And, you know, there were some really things that turned me off about it. Mm-hmm. So at number 10, Annabelle. Oh. Yes. So I put it at number 10, though, because it just went into Dishonorable. Yeah. I, I liked the film, but there was a lot of things that I just thought they were trying to push the envelope on yeah. some certain things. Really liked the acting yeah. and really liked the direction. Like The directing was, was really good, but you know there was just some things at the end. Is it something you know I would watch again? I don't think I would, you know? And- you know, with that being number ten, if this was a different year, that mm. might not be in your dishonorable. Yeah, yeah, and that's I'm so glad you brought up that point because there was a lot fewer blockbuster movies this year. Yeah, and just a little clarification, and I have been saying this, but I'll keep repeating it just yeah. in case somebody dives in one of these episodes. Right. When we do our list, these can be any movie that we watched for the first time this year. Yeah. 
So technically, Trey could have a movie from 1921. Yeah, but it's, if it's the first time I've seen it in yeah, 2020, this is our viewing 2020, yeah. not necessarily when it came out. Yeah, but so number ten, Annabelle. Okay. okay, number nine, and this was no one I had to think about because it it just got in, and that was Guns Akimbo. Oh, that. That makes me a little sad. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking about it, and with Guns Akimbo, there's a lot we do like about the movie, but at the end of the day, it was just too wild, and there was a lot of things I wasn't 100% certain on if I liked. But, you know, it's just kind of, I don't know, acting was okay, but just not something I would, you know, probably watch over and over and over again. I don't know, you know, we'll we'll kind of see, but... And dude, you know, that just makes me sad, because Samara Weaving, you know, niece of Hugo Weaving... Yeah. I love her so much, because she gets such into a role. You know, and it... how'd you put Annabelle on, on your dishonorable? What the fuck? I mean, that might not be the only time you hear that tonight. <laughs> so good. But you know, I, I was actually... It was tough to put Guns of Kimball on there, because... When I watched it for the first time, you know, I enjoyed the film, hmm. but it's not something that I could have like a lot of like replay value. I could you see know? that though, because Guns Akimbo is kind of crazy. It's it, it's just almost too wild. Don't yeah. get me wrong, like I love a wild futuristic movie, but it just kind of is like some things it's, just it's weren't making perfect. sense. You know, it's like okay, so I mean, where are the cops? Like cops were a presence in this movie. But it didn't feel that underground to where cops didn't know about mm-hmm. it, you know? So it's like... And there was just some other things, some plot holes and gaps. But, you know, number I don't know. Nine. Guns yeah, that, Akimbo. Guns Akimbo, number nine. Number eight. And this one was a movie we reviewed. Ooh. Death of Me. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Now, see, I could completely see you having that. I had a lot of trouble with it because I expected it to go one way, and mm-hmm. I would... The trailer was so misleading. Yeah. I thought it was going to be, you know, more of a mind-bending, cerebral-type dark thriller. Yeah, instead of a... Kind of just like a... Hellcation. Yeah. Because I don't really want to spoil it in case yeah. folks haven't seen Exactly. It. But it just took a different direction. Not that I would ever be wrong with that, because yeah. I love being wrong and being surprised. Yeah. But this took a direction in the wrong turn. I can understand. Where, like, I, I really thought the way we thought the movie was going to be would have been a lot better than how it actually turned well, out. Well, and the director, you know, he has such a good track record that... He does. This was just him trying something out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because we do love that director. Yeah, Darren Bowden. Yeah, he's great, man. Mm-hmm. But, um, but at number seven... And I think you'll be proud of this one, because it wasn't in my worst. Dishonorable, though, Fantasy Island. Okay. Because, let me, t- so let me say, I know this is yours, but let me just say this. Yeah, one. yeah, please. Because this is what I'll tell people. I love kind of schlocky horror. Oh, everyone does, too. I feel like to an extent, you know. Fantasy Island just worked for me, as bad as it was. But if anybody said it was... Now, if they put it as their number one worst of the year, I'd be like, tell me how many movies you watch exactly. Yeah, because there are but plenty worse. Dishonorable Mention, I'm, I have no qualms with that. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed the movie, but I would never... And harm. it's only at seven. Yeah. So, you know, it would just kind of enter it in. There's some in Dishonorable that was hard to not put it in my worst of the year. Oh, I have that issue. Yeah. As you'll find out in a sec. Number six, and this one... 
this one did hurt me too. Hubie Halloween. Because the movie was cute. Mm-hmm. It's a cute movie. I loved the feeling you got. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to watch so many other movies. And, I'm not going to pull myself back into watching it. And, like we said, mm-hmm. you know, this year didn't offer a lot of movies. Yeah. And with everything going on, you didn't have as much time for movies. Yes. So, you know, you got to put worse what you can. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if this was last year, Hubie Halloween and honestly a couple others on my Dishonorable so far wouldn't have made Dishonorable. You know, yeah. if it was on any other year That's where they were making more movies, you know. But um, number five, and you will totally agree with me on this one. It was tough not to put on my worst of the year. Light list. The Lodge. I know. You've probably already forgotten about it because it's so forgettable. I'll tell you what saved that for me. Is uh, Riley Cano. Mm-hmm. Her acting yeah. was so good, it didn't make the cut. There is a It didn't trend. even cross my mind. There is something that Eddie does, and I've picked up on it. And I've even started like adding this to my custom is when you're so bored in a movie and it's dragging, you look at your your phone to see what time it is. I think I did that three times during life. Yeah. The movie is so slow. It is. And it has no payoff to me. It doesn't I, have a good payoff. I could I could see that, but like I said, I've watched quite a few more mm-hmm. movies than you this year. Yeah. So it didn't make it for me, but that's another one where it's like, I'm not going around suggesting that to anybody. Yeah, exactly. Now, I would tell them, check out some Riley Cano movies. Yes, she's amazing. But I wouldn't necessarily say, go, you know, no. Ryan to the Lodge. No, absolutely We did not. see it on my birthday, though. We did, we did. But, um, and that's when, you know, COVID hit, you know, I, I'm partly attributing it to the Lodge, you know. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, at number four bloodshot with vin diesel (laughs) that movie was atrocious let me tell you the only thing i liked about the movie and that's why it made my dishonorable not worst the effects were amazing let me tell you Drake, and this is genuine so that was when i was so starved for movies that that was one where i was like you know what to hell with i'm gonna spend 20 dollars on this rental oh god and that movie is so boring and forgettable yeah that I couldn't put it on my, you know, dishonorable mention or worst of the year, because it left no impression. Yeah, you just keep forgetting about it. it like, forgetting it existed. I always forget that's a movie until yeah. I'm like at Walmart, or Best Buy, in the DVD section. And what's so sad is it's based on a comic. Yeah. And Bloodshot could have been really good. It could have, and the, like you said, the effects are good. Yeah. But that's where the money went. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, uh, it's a travesty. He might be good as Baby Groot and Dominic Toretto, yeah. but oof. I know. But uh, at number three. Ooh, we're getting to the nitty gritty. Yeah. New Mutants. Okay, having just rewatched this this week. Yes. There's not a single argument I could give. Yeah. Other than Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah. But even then, she is not enough. Yeah. And some other small things. Yeah. I mean, if you had this in your worst of the year, I couldn't stop. You know, the thing is, I think what it was for you and me both, we were 
so excited about this movie. Mm. And let me be the first to say... Four years. Yeah. Let me be the first to say, this is not a failure on the director or the writers. Or the actors. Or the the actors. Because I'll tell you what, this is all production's fault. This is the production studio. 20th Century Fox. 20th Century Fox. Now owned by Disney. Now owned by Disney. And that was another part of the fault Mm. because they were going battling across with rights yeah and that was a court thing going on for like a year you know what i mean maybe longer so i you know i don't hold that you know against anyone that was writing the film i really liked where their head was at but we know i think it's pretty safe to say without knowing that that wasn't the true product we would have gotten that was not the original film we know almost for certain yeah and i just had a lot of issues with it because it I feel like it was going to be scarier than what it was. That's what they were really trying for. And I just, yeah, it was just, mm, it just didn't do it for me, man. I guess because I overhyped it, you know? But number two, the Kevin Bacon movie, You Should Have Left. Yep, exactly, exactly. I Oh! Oh, that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Talk about forgettable. Enough said, and right? I love Kevin Bacon. Yeah, who doesn't? But that movie is so forgettable. The ghost movie? Yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh. So I enough said, guys. Just remember that. I Don't watch that it. Happened. I forgot I watched that. Yeah. Very forgettable. And number one. Okay, this is interesting because this is the one that almost almost worst of the almost year worst territory. of the year. Yeah. The Grudge. Oh, my boy. I'm so proud. My boy. My boy. Because let me tell you what, dude. The Grudge, me being a fan of the original, which I'm talking about, I loved. I loved The Grudge. Mm. This one was such a letdown. I was so hyped for it. It was terrible. Trey, that's pretty pretty nice of you. Are you St. Nicholas? Yeah. Giving it that gift? I know, right? Saying it was terrible? Yeah. It was abysmal. Yeah, it was horrible. But, you know... You're just going to have to wait and hear my thoughts till next week. Oh! (laughs) All right, dude. So, now, how do we want to do this? Do do you want me to go ahead and do my honorable, or do you want to go ahead and... I'm going to do mine, so we can stay on these bad movies. Okay. And then we're going to... Get the taste out of our mouth with yeah. our brew of the week. Yes, absolutely. And my mini review, just yes. to kind of, you know, give y'all a palate cleanser. Absolutely. And then we'll get into those honorables, baby, to end it. Because, you know, we got to end with a list. Got to end with catharsis. So, I'm old school. I write mine on paper. This time I did on some scrap wrapping mm. paper. So, dishonorable mention top ten. Now, like I said, I watch a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. So, some of these might not necessarily have made the cut. Yeah. But when I look at all the movies I watch, I'm like, okay, these are pretty bad, but they're not my worst of the year. Right. You're going to get a kick out of a couple of them. Oh, man, I'm ready. So, number 10 is The King of Staten Island. And I'm still waiting to watch it. So, you know, it almost didn't make the cut. But, so this is Pete Davidson basically doing a biopic about himself. Mm -hmm. And I hated... 90% 90% of the characters is me. Yeah, I, I would you. not associate with these people. I have in the past, and I cut them off. <laughs> right. Like, they're just low lives. They complain about everything. They want everything handed to them, even though they have no talent. 
no charm, no nothing. Yeah. But there's just enough, like, heart mm-hmm. in the story and some things that take place. Yeah. Where it just, when I'm looking, I'm just like, I can't put that lower than 10. Yeah. But there's nothing else I could put in 10. So, King of Saturn. Number nine. And this is number nine because of how much we laughed about this. Trey almost cried. Trey, you remember a, a diner scene in a movie? Oh my goodness. Where someone's eating invisible food, drinking oh, invisible Eddie. water. Hey, we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, A Fall from Grace, oh, Tyler my. Perry's latest movie, which, let me just preface by saying, I love Tyler Perry because he has ambition. Yeah. You know, he has his own studio. He uses his own money. Yeah. He films on his own lots. But, Tyler. I know. This movie has so many problems. But that diner scene where the guy, there's an extra in the background that is eating nothing. Yeah. And drinking air. Yeah. And as if that wasn't funny enough, because then he gets bored and just stares at the camera. As if that wasn't funny enough, when they're walking out, oh. you can see the boom mics, the sound <laughs> mics. Guys, we're, I, I wouldn't believe it either. Eddie had to pull up the movie and show me, because I said, there's yeah. no way a big budget movie would, would yeah. make this mistake. Netflix, go on Netflix, look for A Fall From Grace, fast forward to the diner scene, yeah. and when they're walking out, look at the bottom of the screen, you can see the sound mics. Guys, it is an embarrassment for filmmakers. Like, it is, but I laughed so hard that... It couldn't make it the worst, because that, that did worst. give me a damn good laugh. Alright, so number eight, and this always makes me sad when one of these makes my disarmament mention or worst of the year, Into the Dark, The Current Occupant. Mm. This year's uh, Independence Day one. Ah. It had such promise. Like, if I were to tell you the plot, you'd be like, oh my god, that actually sounds pretty cool. You know, where, like, this guy, he's in a mental ward, and he says he's the president, but is he? Oh, yeah, that does sound good. But then you watch it. Oh. Let down city. That's all I'll say. Oh, okay, I got you. So, number seven, Oscar winning. Judy, starring Renee Zellweger. I never saw it. So, in my opinion, Renee Zellweger was abysmal trash. Really? When she got nominated and then won the Oscar, I was like, this is Hollywood patting us up on the back. Plain and simple. I hate when they do that, man. But let me tell you, there was a young lady named Darcy Shaw who played young Judy. Like, we're talking Wizard of Oz, Judy Garland. And she was so good, it kept Judy out of my worst of the year. Mm, okay. Just based on that actress's ability. Oh, wow. If they took Renee Zellweger out, this movie could have been in my top, like, honorable mention or best of the year. Oh, wow. Because Darcy Shaw, I'm telling y'all, look at her performance. Okay. She is incredible. Okay, good to know, man. Number six. Do you hear an echo? Because Annabellum. <laughs> so, I had two major flaws of this. Yeah. Number one, in some scenes, they're make tr- they seem like they're trying to make an Oscar nom movie, like yeah. 12 Years a Slave. But then they have some of the most cartoony villains. Dude, that was my problem with it. I... 
you said it perfectly. I was trying to figure out what it was, but that's what it was because with 12 Years a Slave, you have documented history that they wrote from a yeah. book, which was just, it was just mesmerizing. The, the performances yeah. on 12 Years a Slave, and you're just wondering what is going to happen. And mm-hmm. it's it's like sad history that needs to be told. Yeah. This this isn't history. It this was takes you out of it. It because does. Some people are like good caliber actors and actresses. Yeah. And some, I don't know if it's the role, I don't know if it's the actor actress, but some were just too cartoony. And also, like, leave the slow motion of Michael Bay. Like, oh, we didn't God. need that much slow motion no, in this movie. No, we really didn't. But number five, and this one's going to make Trey a little sad. But remember, I didn't watch as many movies as I normally would. Yeah, true. Because normally by now, I'd be like in the 300s. Right. And I'm only like, I think, in the 200s. Right. Number five is Lighthouse. Okay. Based I'm not going to hold anyone Hugely on this. I have zero replay value for that movie. Yeah. I I will say this. It won't that one won't even make me sad because I I own Lighthouse and mm-hmm. I I love it. I would own it. But the thing is and I agree with you, the movie is very slow. Very slow, very melancholy. Yes, black and white. And it is a Lodge situation. The only reason I think it's way better than Lodge is because it's a character study mm-hmm. of what isolation does to people. Mm-hmm. And it does have a more interesting payoff to me. But I won't fault anyone for that one because it is very slow, very artsy. It's not going to be for everybody. So, number four is Come to Daddy. Gotcha. Yeah. Because to me, I don't see the purpose with it. Yeah. Like, I thought they could have had something, and there was elements that I think worked, but at the end of the day, I'm just like, why was that an idea? Yeah. I liked it. Um, An estranged father, you don't know yeah. anything about him. Come to find out it's not all that yeah. it seems. But you do get a... It just didn't work for me. Yeah. I get that, though. I liked it. So, number three, and this is rare, because you... Will hardly ever have a kids movie, cause you know me. Mm. Like I, if I see a kids movie, I'm like, well, it's made for children. Yeah. But this one's geared more towards families, maybe even some young, you know, some teens. Yeah. So I'm okay putting this in dishonorable mention, and that's playing with fire. Oh yeah, that movie. There's nothing where the family will enjoy. There's nothing where kids will enjoy it. Really? That is just a lame duck of a movie. It's one of those movies where they tried something different and it didn't win on either category. It won on nothing. Yeah. Complete. Yeah. It's like, well, I want something for the adults to enjoy, but I want something for the kids to enjoy. But then you get something weirdly in the middle where neither one of them's like, or this didn't work like, for either one of us. Sucks. Yeah. But number two, you want to talk about The Lodge Board You. At least it was trying something. At least... Yeah, it was trying to put me to sleep. At least it had good acting in it. Unlike my number two, the rhythm section. Mm. Why was this... To to paraphrase Daniel Craig, why were they high? (laughs) Because the movie's boring. The plot does not make sense. Yeah. There is literally... If you had a free coupon to Redbox, I wouldn't tell you to rent this. I'd be like, 
isn't there something you've seen that you could watch oh, again? Oh God, man, that's like, horrible. Utter trash, waste of time. But waste of time doesn't necessarily make worst of the year. Yeah, true. Now number one, and this one was so hard not to be worst of the year. I was about to say this is where it gets interesting. The number one is always the one that just it missed was out. worst of the year, except. It made me laugh really hard in one scene. That one scene saved it from worst of the year. It hurts me to say this isn't in worst of the year. It really does. Dang. Coffee and Kareem. Oh, okay. I finally watched that movie, and uh, we might be talking about that next week. I hate this movie. Yeah. Except the interrogation scene. Oh, man. Where he's like... Like, I mean, it's so horrible what they do, but it's so funny at the same time because he's like, all right, you gotta, you gotta play this. You gotta, you gotta be, you know, aggressive or you gotta be, you know, gay or something. Yeah. And so Ed Helms' character takes it to be aggressively gay. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, I love you. I want to go on vacation. I want us to get bubble bath together. And he's just like, and the dude's like, what the hell? So what's going on here? And then he starts screaming, And, dude, that scene was enough to keep it out worst of the year. Oh, but man. as you can see, number one, so it's right there. Yeah. And, you know, I do worst nine, so technically, yeah. this is in my worst ten of the year. Yeah, technically. But, now, ladies and gentlemen, we we move on to something bigger and better. So, first, here at A Toast of Film, we're toasting some dishonorable mentions, some honorable mentions mm. to come, and we're also toasting All My Life. This would be in the honorable mention category, buddy. So, to toast All My Life, which is a great story about love featuring Jessica Roth, yeah. our, my girl. You yeah. Know, love Jessica Roth. And Henry Shum, who I'm also a big fan of mm-hmm. because he was in Glee as well as Step Up. Yeah. And you know, I love them Step Up movies. Yep. But we're toasting with the Shiner Holiday Cheer. Yeah. The Shiner Seasonal. And let me tell you, folks, and Trey, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that between the two of us, this is the highest rated beer, like if you take both our ratings. Oh, 100%. This this was a true crowd pleaser because we had it with Peyton mm-hmm. and Spencer up at the mm-hmm. lake. The little baby. Everyone, who's in the house. Who's in the house, asleep next to us, <laughs> and everyone liked it. Dude. And that's rare. Yeah. That is rare for us all four to find because a beer that we all enjoy. It has a little bit of hop to it. But not yeah. enough where it's overbearing. Yeah. It has some nice little seasonal hints to it, you know, yeah. a little berryish, a little nuttiness. And it's just a great beer. It's very festive looking. Yeah. Just a quality beer. Yeah. Everyone's had that Shinerbach that we all love. I love Shinerbach. It's from the people that brought you know, that brought you Shinerbach and it's there's Shiner Holiday Cheer. And it's just so good because it gives you all these Christmas flavors, mm-hmm. but it's not overwhelming, but it's so easy to drink, man. Mm-hmm. Totally recommend it. So, speaking of recommend, so as I mentioned earlier, I went to the theater tonight, mm-hmm. raid the theater, mask and all, and I went to see All My Life. Yeah. You know, starring Jessica Roth, mm-hmm. like we said, you know, who's one of my all-time favorites. Yes. And Henry Shum, Henry Shum Jr., let me, you know, proper introductions. And, um, and so I went in this movie because I love romance movies. Yes. And because I love, you know, love. 
I just yeah. love, love, love the cast. This movie is incredible. So, based on a true story. Yeah. And they show you at the end. Now, I'm not saying, you know, whether, you know, what for takes, but let me tell you, because like we said, this is going to be a minute review. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep it very short. Let me tell you why you need to see this. Number one, the acting quality. Mm-hmm. Jessica Roth is, she, I am predicting right now, what's the date? December 13th, 2020. Mm-hmm. Jessica Roth, by the time she ends her career, is going to be a three-time uh, Oscar nominee, minimum of two wins. She's great, man. Because she has so much she can emote with. And then Henry Schoen, he's great. You know, he's just so charming. Yeah. And this story is just, it's full of love. It's full of laughs. It's full of heartbreaks. And what I love the most about it is it seems real. Yeah. When I watched this, I was like, I feel like this is a real story. I mean, it is, but it didn't do all that, you know, extra stuff. Yeah. It's just quality film. You know, if you would like to go to theaters, you know, if you feel comfortable wearing your mask, I highly suggest it. I give it a 4.5. Oh, wow. Out of 5. That is saying something, buddy. Well, Trey, as you can hear, I love this movie. Right. And speaking of love, now let's jump into those movies that we love that just didn't make the best of the year cut. You know, buddy, this this was the hardest list. Oh, yeah. Because these movies I love so much, and I really want to put them on the list next mm-hmm. week. Like, it really does pay me, especially... Two weeks from now. Yeah, two weeks from next now. Next week, just taking out the trash. Because, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but only really because... My top four, I really could put on next week. So, without further ado, let me jump in. Number 10. And this one's going to surprise you because I watched it recently. Mm. And it's a movie you've watched and you love. Mm. Little indie movie called The Assistant. Ooh. That is a quality movie. Guys, let me tell you, this movie was attributed to the powerful hashtag me too movement you're talking about the one with the old girl right yes she was phenomenal she was the main the main actress in it who is the assistant phenomenal and it shows you the world of you know the movie industry that she was in and how a woman is treated in that industry it's just it's rough, it's raw, and it's worth every minute. That's a movie that doesn't bore you because you're wondering what is about to happen next around mm-hmm. every corner. That was that was a undeniably honorable mention, but it could have gone higher, you know? But at number nine, Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn. Mm. Really enjoyed the movie. I liked Harley Quinn a lot. Dude, I, I am sad that that didn't make mine. Yeah. But, dude, I'm glad you're bringing it up. Because yeah. that movie got a lot of unnecessary flack. It really did, Fun man. movie. And Margot Robbie, she was dude, born. She she was born to play Harley Quinn, but also Ewan McGregor was oh, yeah. a great Black Mask. He was having fun. He was having fun. And I love Black Mask. He's one of, like, one of my favorite villains in the Batman franchise. Yeah. 
And it was cool to see him bring them to light. But they also had, you know, Canary, yeah. um, the Huntress. Yeah. They had, like... Huntress is pretty funny. Yeah. I, here's the thing. These are characters we love and have watched from Arrow. Yeah. We get to see them brought onto the big screen in a little different light. Yeah. It was really cool. I liked Birds of Prey. And I liked the direction and how colorful yeah, they went with the palette. Colorful. It was just as fun and outgoing as the characters themselves I were. Mean, they made a egg sandwich falling like super dramatic. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. And Margaret Robbie put her heart and soul into yeah, that she, egg sandwich falling. I'm telling you, that egg sandwich was her favorite. You know, but anyway, at number eight, Jungle Land. You know, we just reviewed this one. I was interested with where Jungle Land, because I knew it was going to be in your top 23. Yeah. I just didn't know which. Exactly. And Jungle Land, I loved it. There was a lot of other ones out there that were really good, but I had to incorporate that one because that was a great watch. Um, Great boxing movie, you know, for y'all who don't know it out there. Give it a watch. But um, You can listen to our episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Number seven, The Pale Door. Ooh, I'm glad that made one of our yeah, lists. Because the Peldor mashed, it did you know, a genre mashed yeah. that you don't see very often, a Western horror. And they did it with style. Yeah. I loved it. You know you and me love a creature feature. Love a creature feature. And the creatures were excellent. And I really like the turn they took with the actresses. Yeah. I'm not going to reveal what they are. Yeah. But pretty damn cool. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Number six. Palm Springs. I love everything about Palm Springs. It hurt me not to put it. It hurt me too. In my honorable mention. Oh man, yeah, that it just missed it. Yeah, let me tell you what, guys. Palm Springs is fun. It's lighthearted, and it does something with time, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, and it's got Andy Samberg. It takes something we've seen before, but yeah. it mods it. Yeah, and it's pretty awesome. It gives us something we didn't know we wanted. Yeah. You know, but at number five, the wretched. The wretched. Now we have we y'all are hearing a theme here, horror movie with great creatures. The wretched is definitely checking the boxes on both those things. It's got a great story. Eight out of the ten of my honorable mentions are horror sci-fi. Yeah, I'm telling you, because you and me love that's that's what really started this that's channel. Our for us. Yeah. But The Wretched is amazing. Number four. And this one really hurt me. Probably the most of anyone. Dang, and you still have three after this. Yeah. But these, I had to put above it because of production value and a few other things. But at number four, Lake Mungo. Mm. Yeah, you were talking that up pretty well. This is one you haven't seen, right? You haven't seen Lake Mungo. I haven't seen it. I've heard of it. Back in the movie stop days. This movie is one of those. It didn't come out in 2020. It came out a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But I saw it this year. Mm, and that counts. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent movie. It ta- It's a mockumentary of a family mm-hmm. who loses somebody, but then ghosts are involved. I love a mockumentary. I do too. And this is... Uh, it's excellent. Feels so real. But anyway, number three... This one had to go on the list because I watched it with a group. It was a mind bender, and all of us were saying different things. So, 
it made the movie more of an experience, I guess. I have one like that on here. Yes. That is Hippopotamus. Hmm. I love Hippopotamus. That, you know, it was a mind bender. You're trying to figure out psychologically why Mm -hmm. things are happening the way they are. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to put in the other pieces and seeing if they're fitting or not. And sometimes they fit, sometimes they didn't, but none of us really kind of guess the end. Mm -hmm. Great movie, Hippopotamus. At number two. Hey, this one's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you, that one, in your top 13. Mm. Freaky. That's okay. But it but it was close. Yeah. It was my number close. two honorable mention. Freaky Guys was amazing. Now, we gave a full review on it a few episodes yeah. ago. Y'all got to check it we out. We really went in on it. Yeah. Check it out, but Freaky was amazing. Another one where they took something that we've seen... Yeah. Plenty of times. Yeah. And put a fun twist on it. And that movie made me laugh more than I thought a, you know, a horror great could kills. do. Yeah, great Just kills. great time. Number Ooh, one. Here's number one. So this is number 14. Just, the one that just missed. Just out of curiosity. Because, you know, I want us to both do this. Make it a tradition. Give me one guess you think it might be. I'll give you a hint. Not a horror movie. Also, another hint, I don't think it's on your list. On any of your lists. Hmm. Dude, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what you watched, but the ones I'm thinking of would be in your top 13. Mm-hmm. Like Tenet. Number one, just missing the cut. Anola Holmes. Dude! Anola. I like that it was on there. I watched it, I really enjoyed it, but I know my yeah. boy was really just... On did, a journey. Dude, did you like the movie for I real? I did. It was a good movie. It was. Dude, it it kept you into it the whole time. There was always something around the corner. They did really good mysteries that were being solved. Mm. Really good pieces of the puzzle. And they had a fun little love interest, you know, which was mm-hmm. pretty light. Which I don't like it. Was it was very lighthearted. It was a lighthearted movie. Henry Cavill was great. Oh, he, um, he would make a great Sherlock in his own movie. He really would make a good Sherlock. But I also loved um, the other brother. Um, Mycroft. Mycroft, yes. Yeah, Mycroft. He's usually a villain. Yeah, Mycroft was really good in this one. But um, Dude, I like it. Yeah, Anola Holmes, man, just missed it. And it really hurt me because that was a really good Netflix original. And Millie Bobby Brown, she did such a career-turning performance in yeah. that movie. It actually changed the way I viewed her it as an op- actress. It opened some doors for her because, like, Godzilla didn't work. No, not for her. But, you know, she needed something where she wasn't. She's like, look, I can do stuff besides Eleven. Yeah. And that was it. It was, man. It was. That was her stand-up moment. She will also be Oscar winner down the road. So, Trey, just so you know, there's quite a few movies on this list that I owe to you because you were the one who told me about them. Really? Yeah. So just want that out there. So number 10, something we reviewed because it is a fun movie, Mm -hmm. but there's so much love in it, and it's just, while being a great movie, it's also a celebration of a certain type of people, and that is Vampires vs. the Bronx. Oh, man. That is just a fun movie. I could just Great put that movie. on during like a Halloween party. Great movie. And every time I look at the screen, I'd be having the time of my life. Yeah. 
great characters. Like I said, just just a great little movie. It really was. So number number nine. The only reason this is number nine is we talked about this a lot. So, you know, sometimes people will be like, "Oh, well, let me start with the lower numbers and work my way down." Yeah. You know, and we have pumped this plenty. So. It was something you showed me a trailer for, and we watched at your house, and then we watched again, and then we got to talk to the director, and we bought the Blu-rays. Yes! And that is The Good Things Devils Do. Yes, buddy. This movie, to me, is good enough where I'd put it in my honorable mention. Yeah. But why I have to put it in my honorable mention is genuinely... That was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had in my life. Dude. Watching a movie, getting some behind the scenes, you know, chatting up with the director. Like, just a great time. Well, and you know, we watched that movie two or three times. Yeah. And it was one of those movies where they did something really cool with Mm. Masquerade. Yeah. I loved Masquerade so much. And, you know... I love the Scream King, you know, that also, (laughs) (laughs) he deserves an Oscar. I want that out there. And then Kane Hodder, of course, man, we love him. We're just watching some of our favorites on screen do what they do. Just in a good movie. Yeah. And man, I just remember when we were watching it and we were talking to Jess, you know, Norvis Guard, such a cool guy, man. And it was just a fun time, felt very festive and... It definitely got me in the Halloween spirit, man. It I did. can't wait to crank it out next year. I know. So, number eight, a movie I just watched recently, very recently, on your couch with the lights out. Trey, right now you're in the recording studio, so I guess you're the guest. Oh, yes, dude. Yes. So Dan Stevens. Oh, and I so just watched happy. him in another movie called The Rental. Uh-huh. Great little movie. Dan Stevens. If you see him in Eurovision and you're like, okay, this dude, like, he just has some good swag to him. Yeah. But then you watch him in other movies like The Guest, you're like, A, I did not know that was him at first. Yeah. And B, like, this man is a quality actor. Who needs to be in more like main mainstream movies? Yeah. Like I'm talking like a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. Dan, yeah, he really should be. I am so happy you put that on the list. Only reason I couldn't that you know that was in my top thirteen. The year in, it came out in 2014 or 15 yeah. when it came out. That was in my top thirteen of the year. And I'm so glad you're recognizing it for 2020. Yeah. Because your first year Dude, watching it, so, so good. good. Yeah. I've never seen a Dan Stevens movie until this year, and I've already watched three. And yeah, he's, he's good in everything. He's climbing my rankings. Yeah, he is so good, man. So number seven, dang it, Drake, did that echo come back? Because you want to talk about a scary movie. You want to talk about a wicked movie. <laughs> you want to talk about a movie that can only be described as wretched. Oh, man. The, the wretched. wretched took a witch movie, which we've had plenty of witch movies. Yeah. I mean, you had the Vavitch, you know, you had some others, like, but it made it scary, and it made it unnerving, and it laid little eggs throughout yeah. the movie that you're not even thinking about. 
Right. And then when they're like, oh, by the way, you remember this? Yeah. And it genuinely got me in that scene. Yeah. Where I was like, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But the Wretched, such a cool creature, such a cool concept, had to be an honorable mention. So number six. So glad, man. And just for the acting quality, it hurt that this didn't make top 13. Okay. But you know, this is tough. Like, I always say the best, the good movies are harder to list than the bad movies. Right. Number six. So, when um, Hereditary came out, that was one of the most shocked I've ever been in a movie in the past few years. Yes. When the little girl, spoiler alert, when she gets decapitated. Yeah. I was shocked. I, like, literally, like, I put my ready. hand on my chest and was like, <gasps> Yeah. Because I did not see that coming. I didn't either. You know what I really didn't see coming, though? Middle of a restaurant, two sisters talking, and a knife appears, slits the sister's throat, goes into the hand, because it's the Invisible Man. Oh, my God. Dude, I'm shocked that didn't make your top 13. Dude, like I said, it, it's, been a, it's been a good year for me. I've seen some really good movies. Oh, my God. And like dude. I said, it hurt. It hurt. But let me tell you, our girl, she, her and Jessica Roth, they can make you believe whatever they're doing. Yeah. Like, Jessica Roth's really good at, like, making you feel emotion, and then she's real good about making you feel like she's losing her mind. Yeah, Elizabeth Moss, man, one of my like absolute us, favorite actresses. This Handmaid's, like, she can just look like so crazy yeah but it's just like because she's a good actress it, she is a phenomenal actress I, I will i will go as strong as to say she's in my top three favorite actresses because of, she, of her craft she is yeah. good at what she, she does she is man. very good and she is one where she'll do whatever is tasked of her yeah and she'll she, do it well she just has a sense of dread yeah no matter the situation yes. it amplifies it so, number five. Sorry, do you hear music? I don't think I do. Dun, 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 dun. It's the Devil's <laughs> Carnival! <laughs> the Devil's Carnival, well, man. Well, you know, Darren Lynn Bozeman, he, he made a toast to film first. He was in a worst honorable mention and a best honorable mention. Because <laughs> the Devil's Carnival is such a good movie. Oh, man. Love it the Devil's hurt. Carnival. Like, literally, I was looking at my top 13, and I was like, who can the Devil's Carnival take? Yeah. Because everything works in that movie. I, dude, how long have we been talking I've been, like, trying to get yeah. you to watch that, man. I've been trying to get A to watch the Devil's Carnival for years now. I watched it. Because he knows I like Repo. Yeah, he, yeah, Eddie loves Repo. He loves horror musicals. I watched the Devil's Carnival, I think, when it came out back in, like, 2014, yeah. years ago. Around then. And then I watched the second one. Second one's okay. Second one's good, but, but the first, first one, bro, that first <gasps> one was insane. It was so good. The, it is the numbers. It's the quality of the actors and actresses. Yeah. It's the set pieces. Oh man, I love everything about everything it. about it. So good. good. And I'm so glad you put that on there, man. Well, Trey, you know you're a dude, right? So yeah, you got Nards. Yeah. You know who else has Nards? <laughs> Wolfman. <laughs> Wolfman's got Nards. The Wolfman's got Nards documentary. I heard it was great. It got a perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes. I, for those who don't know, I'm a avid Monster Squad fan. Like yeah. I have the t-shirt. 
I got poster like yeah. I you know and I keep looking around trying to find some bootleg figures because yeah. they haven't made them. NECA, looking at you, mm-hmm. I'd buy the whole set. I don't mm-hmm. care that they're thirty something dollars, right? But Wolfman's got Nards. It just it it made me feel just this longing, mm-hmm. you know, because I love the movie, but what I love about movies is i also love to see how they came together yeah and you find out everything you find out the casting you find out how some of the special effects were done you see how like the creatures were designed and the inspirations and it's just great and like you know one cool thing i got to um on another podcast i got to ask the lead actor a question and you know actors and actresses like at these you know the screenings or what have you, they get asked billions of questions. Yeah. But he actually, I was the only person where he was like, who asked that? And they said my name and he was like, that's a good question. Dude. Because I asked him as a child, what do you think was the coolest or scariest creature? And which does he think is the coolest or scariest as an adult? Because, you know, over time it changes. Yeah. And he said, people always ask me like when I was a kid. They never want to care about now. Yeah. So just oh, dude, that's cool. And just you know, like I said, I love the movie. So yeah, I know to you find do. out more about the movie, it just filled me. Yeah. But number three, this is like when I get to, you know these last like five, it hurts that they're not in the the thirteen. Uh huh. So number three, some of the finest acting you will see this year, and that is Little Women. Hmm. Little Women, Florence Pugh, I'm not going to say Rob, because that was too kind a word, <laughs> but she, whatever's worse than robbed, like, she was, like, beat down for not getting the Oscar nom. Oh, man. Like, she got the Oscar nom, but she didn't win. Yeah. And it's so undeserved, because, think about this, she did Little Women and Midsommar in the same year. Yeah. Like, Florence Pugh, one of the five, Florence Pugh is one of the, great most quality actresses ever yeah. but also a good person yeah but this movie just i mean so was a ronin's in it yeah um timothy chalamet's in it yeah emma watson's in it like oh dude this is an all-star cast man all-star cast but all-star movie yeah start to finish just quality acting yeah i agree buddy. the little woman remake i'm glad you put that one on there man i've heard great things so number two you know how much i love the first one because it's where I got introduced to one of my favorites. And it was in my top 13 the year it came out. Trey, you know, we're grown. So we don't need the babysitter anymore. We need a killer queen. Wow, dude. I'm actually surprised. Yeah. I'm hurt, actually surprised. But I will state this. Sequels do have a harder time getting in my top 13. Yeah. Be- especially like the first one was yeah. in my best of the year yeah before so it's hard because like those 13 i also take into account yeah if i could only tell people about 13 movies I saw. yeah exactly so babysitter killer queen you know sequel to the original mcg does a fantastic movie again great cast hilarious yes it takes what we saw in the first movie and tweaks it where yeah. it works and i mean samara weaving you know my girl dude but Trey, we're at my number one. The one that 
almost made it to the top 13. The one that might have got booted out of the top 13 for another movie. Oh. So what do you think it is? And I'm going to do something funny. I'm going to let you guess, and then I'm going to give you a hint. Hmm. Not horror. Not sci-fi. Oh, God. I was... Dude, one was coming out of my mouth Mm -hmm. that was horror. That's why I had to stop you. Hmm. Not horror, not sci-fi. I mean, technically, I guess you could maybe throw sci-fi in there, but not horror for sure. 100%. 100%. That the, this is the one that moved into, okay. Hmm. Just throw out something. Because when I give you the hint, you'll get it. Wow, sci-fi, man. Um, I said maybe sci-fi. It's a comedy. A comedy? A comedy. Palm Springs. Nope. No? But I'll give you a hint. So my number two was Babysitter Killer Queen. Well, just like Babysitter Killer Queen, my number one is a sequel that has Samara Weaving. Oh, Samara Weaving? Yeah. And it's a sequel? Yeah. Dang, I was about to say Happy Death Day 2, but that's not it. And that also came out. Not this year. Yeah, but I can't remember when you watched it, though. I was in theaters. (laughs) But Samara Weaving. Don't tell me, don't tell me. Samara Weaving in a sequel. Yeah. Trey, you just need to quit. You just need to face the music that you're not going to get this. Oh, my God. Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted face the music. That was about to be in your top 13. It's that good. Wow. So, growing up, I was a huge fan of Bill and Ted. Like, something about buddy comedies, like Bill and Ted, Wayne's World, always, I just loved them. But especially Bill and Ted, because they're just, you know, they're kind of dumb, and they go on these adventures that are real cool, and, you know, horrible things happen, but then it all works out in the end, and the ending is just so great, Mm -hmm. and this one's no different. Mm -hmm. Like, the ending is so great, like, I'm not going to lie, it brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> because it's about family. Yeah. The big ending has to do with family. Because, like, Samara Weaving, she plays um, Bill's daughter. Okay. And who's and she's best friends with Ted's daughter. Okay. And, you know, their dads are kind of losers, and, you know, they're messing up timelines and stuff. Yeah. And it takes the daughters coming in, and they do something, and just... It was interesting to see because Samara Weaving was playing a very different role than we've seen her in. Yeah. Like, this is how she taught Larry. She was like, oh, hey, Dad. Do we need to we need to go find where they went? Ah, interesting. So, wait, now, who's she playing the daughter of? She's playing the daughter of Bill. Ah, okay. Which is not Keanu Reeves. Right, right. Alex Reynolds. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But yeah, Bill and Ted faced the music. Wow, man. It faced man. the music and got booted out of the top 13. Oh, dude. Hate to hear that, man. But how did But that... glad to hear that, you know, it made the honorable, honorable mention. Number one. And that's pretty cool that I started, I don't know if you saw me, I started laughing when I looked at my list because I didn't even realize Samar Weaving sequels took the top two. That is interesting, man. She's amazing, dude. I love her. So, Trey, just for the viewers, just so we can end this, what was your... Number one dishonorable mention, number one honorable mention. So number one dishonorable mention mm-hmm. was The Grudge. Yeah. I mean, 
it was so tough not to put it in there, but mm. you know, as we both know, those those top worst and top best, they're they're tight, man. Yeah. It's hard it's hard to squeeze one in there. But yeah, that one that one just didn't do it for me on anything. I don't think yeah. I haven't heard it do well for anyone who I watched that movie. But number one honorable, Enola Holmes, man. So good, so sad it didn't make it in my top thirteen. Love that movie. And my number one dishonorable, Coffee and Kareem. Mm-hmm. And number one honorable, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yes, man. Well, folks, it is time for us to end this toast. Mm-hmm. And we just hope y'all all enjoy the episode. Mm-hmm. You know, we hope that we thank you for listening. Right. We hope you grab one of these Shiner Holiday Cheers, because it'll bring some holiday cheer. Holiday cheers with a holiday beer. But, you know, we just, if you have any, you know... You want to talk about our list, anything you liked, disliked. If you want to give us some honorable mention, dishonorable mentions, right? Then you can email us at bingingandbrewing at gmail.com. You can look for us on Facebook at facebook.com slash toast to film. That's mm-hmm. the number two. Or you can look for us on Twitter at film underscore toast. And from Trey and myself, we just wish you good night and good viewing. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. <laughs>